Akani's adoption in recent years of suicide bombings and complex urban assaults has made his faction, based in Pakistan's North Waziristan tribal area, a top threat to military gains and political stability in Afghanistan. And by the way, they're having a real problem getting Pakistan to go into Waziristan and clear these people out. One of the reasons is people are so pissed off about the drone attacks, which are taking such huge collateral damage along with every al-Qaeda or insurgent leader that it blows up. National Security Advisor James L. Jones. It's good to have a National Security Advisor with an almost non-name. Kind of makes him disappear. James Jones. Well, he's carried the same message of caution on Haqqani in recent visits to Pakistan, essentially saying that the only outreach the Pakistani government directs towards him should be at the end of a gun. Cowboy talk! U.S. military officials and terrorism analysts say Haqqani's bold and brutal style embodies the Taliban's vanguard. Younger commanders driven more by anti-Western zeal than by the nationalist aspirations of their elders. You see, it's no longer about statecraft. It is about holy war. And when we say younger commanders, we're talking about 13 and 14-year-olds who come out of the madrasas learning how to memorize the Quran and put bombs at the roadside. Okay, so the suicide bombers come from this class, said Ali Ashraf, director of the FATA Research Center in Islamabad, which studies the tribal areas. Quote, if leadership comes into this class, it's going to be extremely dangerous. There are a lot of kids. They're very poor. They're very impressionable. Go see Syriana, and then we can cry together. Haqqani's fairly autonomous network is the single largest insurgent force, according to some estimates, and is an important bridge between the Taliban and al-Qaeda. It has expressed no interest in peacemaking. Again, why am I surprised? Or not surprised? They go together because you never know what these bozos are going to do. Unlike the farmers who make up much of the southern insurgency dominated by Omar's Taliban, Haqqani's forces include foreign fighters and are largely drawn from madrasas or Islamic schools and thus tend to be more extreme. They rely on assassinations, shakedowns, and kidnappings for ransom, but show little interest in politics, so say military officials. They're thugs. They're criminals. Really, they're just holy thuggies and Foreign fighters, you know where they're coming from. They're coming from Saudi Arabia, our oil slick friend. Well, Pete, in an attempt to make us understand uh, the state of Arizona, and I do mean the state, uh, in Harper's, uh, the reporter Ken Silverstein came up with a couple of interesting observations. One of them, and I quote from his piece, anti-government sentiment in Arizona is longstanding and can be traced in part to the influence of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Mormons. Mormons make up only around 6% of the state population, but they are enormously influential in Republican politics and they don't approve of borrowing money, whether it's an individual or a state that's doing the borrowing. Mormons tend to believe that the role of government is to let people fend for themselves. That's not a role. That's, you, don't need, you don't need government to let you fend for yourself. You don't need anything to let you fend for yourself. I'm all alone in the desert. No water, no food. I'm fending for myself. I'm so glad the government is letting me do it. Well, here Ken quotes an unnamed uh, resident. She didn't want to be identified. Probably doesn't have a name if she No, lives. she has a government job, yes. so she's not allowed I have a, a job, not a name. Okay, she said this, quote, People who have swimming pools don't need state parks. 
If you buy your books at Borders, you don't need libraries. If your kids are in private school, you don't need K-12. The people here, or at least those who vote, don't see the need for government. Since a lot of the people are not citizens, the message is that government exists to help the undeserving, so we shouldn't have it at all. People think it's okay to cut spending, because English as a second language is about people who refuse to assimilate, and health care pays for illegals. So... That's the state of the mentality of the state of Arizona. Yeah, Sig Heil. You gotta love Tony Hayward because he's such an upper class klutz. He always makes the wrong move. Count on it. Well, this time, one environmentalist described as yet another public relations disaster for the embattled energy giant BP, the fact that their CEO, Tony Hayward, took time off just recently when things are pluming underwater to attend a glitzy yacht race around England's Isle of Wight. As social networking sites like Twitter and Facebook lit up with outrage, BP spokespeople rushed to defend Hayward, who has drawn withering criticism as the public face of BP's halting efforts to stop the worst oil spill in U.S. history. And perhaps, if, you know, we can keep that old Guinness spirit going, it may be the worst oil spill in the planet's history. Spokeswoman Sheila Williams said Hayward took a break from overseeing BP efforts to stem the undersea gusher in the Gulf of Mexico so he could watch his 52-foot yacht, Bob, participate in the J.P. Morgan Asset Management Round the Island race. This is filled with nothing but negative buzzwords. Let's take them one at a time. Okay. First of all, he's taking off some time from, you know, overseeing their efforts. Of course, he doesn't oversee their efforts. All he does is speak about them and make make trouble because he just constantly has his foot in his mouth. Okay. He's got a 52-foot yacht named Bob. What does it say about a guy who names his 52-foot yacht? That's a heck of a boat. Bob, not Tahiti surprise, dream of my life, whatever, just Bob. And he's participating in the J.P. Morgan asset management round. I mean, what could be more negative right now in the midst of the Wall Street collapse than the J.P. Morgan asset management race? It's a race to the bottom. Yes, who names a yacht? Bob. Robert Wine, a BP spokesman uh, at the company's uh, Houston headquarters, said it was the first break that Hayward has had since the Deepwater Horizon rig exploded April 20th, killing 11 workers and setting off the undersea oil gusher. He needs a break from that. He's spending a few hours, they say, with his family at a weekend. I'm sure that everyone would understand that, Wine said. He'll be back to deal with the response. It doesn't detract from that at all. Yeah, you're out of work. You've had your fishing business destroyed. You're a rig worker looking at no employment for years in the future, right? But you're happy. You're happy that Tony could go off and watch a J.P. Morgan asset management race with his 52-foot boat called Bob. He said Hayward will be returning to the United States, though it's unclear when. Perhaps never, if he keeps doing this. Still, hobnobbing with millionaires and their yachts is likely to be a hard sell in the Gulf, which is struggling to deal with up to 120 million gallons of oil that have escaped from the blown-out well. Well, maybe Tony should be out there on Bob with one of those wet vacs. 
<laughs> you know, you know, sucking up some of that oil. You know, Tony, make yourself useful. Please, sir, can I have some more? Uh-uh. Well, Oliver, yes, but you're <laughs> going to have to wait till the next Oz show because this one is winding beautifully to an end. And, of course, you can have your tang. Mm, yes, we can have our tang and... Uh... And drink it too. Those 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 Chinese poets, boy, they were into their I'm wine. I'm falling in love with these guys. I mean, I think their lifestyle is so uh, engaging. Oh my! Seventh century. There are a lot fewer people around, even in China in those days. But here's one to kind of turn your head around. This is Wang Wei. It's called "Passing the Temple of Accumulated Fragrance." Okay. Mm. I didn't know the way to the temple. So I walked miles among the cloudy peaks, walked through primeval forests, no path, not even a footprint. Deep in the mountains, I heard a bell. Where did it come from? Then a little stream gurgling among gigantic rocks. Even the color of sunlight looks cool coming through blue-green pines. At dusk, I knelt next to a small deserted lake meditating, to chase away the poison dragon of emotion. Oh, broom that dragon, please. <laughs> Radio Free Oz for today. The Oz team makes it happen. I'm Peter Bergman, your host. Across from me is Dave Osman, our co-host. John Cumming, well, he makes sure that we get the stats when we get them. Phil Fountain, he makes it all beautiful. Tom Gedwillow, he's our webmaster. Chaz Glass, finance and advice. Dave Maloney, he does the recording and makes it beautiful. Bill McIntyre produces the whole thing. And Scott Wilde, great Scott, is our social media guru. Going to see you tomorrow, Oliver. 